I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Today we are talking about emotional minimalism, how to declutter our emotional noise, all of the inner chaos and negative thoughts in our minds. In an earlier episode, we focused on how to declutter our mind from the perspective of the external distractions that get in our way, such as our digital devices and the excess physical things and negative noise around us. And today we want to hone in on how to navigate our inner clutter, specifically how to remove our excess emotions to simplify and better our thoughts all of the emotional baggage that is created by us and can also be eliminated by us. Like excess stuff, we hope to inspire you to let go of negative emotions and create the space for positive emotional habits. I am thrilled to start this episode because this is such an interesting topic. And it's not a very popular topic. I don't think it's been that studied or talked about. So Honestly, when I started researching this subject, I realized that this component of minimalism is one that is only briefly touched on. It'd be really, really cool to really dive deep into this subject because there are a lot of writers out there who have touched on it, uh, but not a lot of thought leaders in the space have have talked about it. So. Yeah, and people don't really, you know, when you think of minimalism and refining your possessions and clearing away stuff and so many areas of your life, your calendar, your relationships, you don't think of your emotions. So I'm that glad is we're an, talking about this tonight. That is another space in our life that we need to empty, empty all of yeah. that excess, right? And it's something that we forget about. However, it is also a very important space. I mean, that can impact your everyday in so many ways. I mean, one of the reasons why I thought it was really cool, I mean, you're the one who thought about this topic, Lauren, and I was like, yes. I feel like a majority of people need to, you know, dive into this subject and take a look at what's going on in their minds and what's not only distracting them, but, you know, not adding to their everyday, like not amplifying their life. You know, a lot of our thoughts can really hold us back. So first off, I thought it's great that we're talking about this because it's a subject that hasn't had a lot of attention. And so we'd like to bring awareness to it, which is great. And it's also a component of minimalism that we're both working on adopting. Yeah, which is, it's so necessary. I feel like I need it. I'm very sensitive, so. I know. And I'm very emotional. And, and yeah, you're, yeah, but you're the minimalist, you know, you're the pro in this, and I'm the adopter, but it's so interesting because there are many components, like, in, in addition to the physical and the digital that we've talked about and the mental, you know, it's the inner chaos. It's not the external distractions that affect our mental. It's also our internal thoughts, right? It's the stuff that we create and it's the stuff that we can also get rid of. So. Yeah. And I wanted to link it back with possessions too. I think with minimalism, people think it's just about getting rid of possessions that you don't have, which is a very large component. But just like possessions, emotions are necessary and they can bring meaning to your life. But just as possessions... Um, need to serve a purpose if there are too many or if they're cluttering your mind just like your space they can detract from your life absolutely and emotions should be useful and you should ask yourself if they're serving you if you brought something into your life you didn't need if you purchased something you didn't use it then you should ask yourself well why did I buy that if you're caring about something that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. to you you should question it Yeah. And I think that just as you go through your stuff and you refine what serves you, you can go through your emotions and find the emotions that serve you too. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's really about taking a deep dive and uncovering, you know, the emotional clutter in our psyche. It sounds amazing, but it's also, it also sounds quite hard. Like it's not, it's not going to be easy. It is really hard, yeah. Actually, just in studying this topic the past couple of weeks, I've realized that, hey, like I need to start doing that. So I want to start adopting this. And so I've, I've started you know, taking taking on some of the tips that I've learned and I'll share that with our audience today. And honestly, like literally just, you know, a few days into this, I just feel so much better. And I don't know why, and maybe it's because I kind of put all my feelings out in front of me and kind of explored which is adding to my life and which isn't. So this is a very vulnerable episode for both of us, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, and I think that's huge as well because, you know, it's another way to connect with our audience, right? And, you know, show it, show them that, you know, this is a part of our lives and it's also a journey and there are struggles along the way and we're here with you, you know? A lot of a lot of our listeners are also on the journey. So, again, I'm, I'm the adopter, but it's really cool that you're also adopting this, Lauren. Yeah, I can not own very many spoons, but I'm still, like, hypersensitive. (laughs) (laughs) So there's still different areas of work I need to do. Um, So how are you doing it then? So basically, I I came across this amazing writer. His name is Dan Erickson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a writer and blogger, and he's, he says he's a lover of all things simple. He has a blog called like hipdigs.com. That's H-I-P-D-I-G-G-S.com. And I read the article in Medium. It said, how to use the power of minimalism to eliminate emotional clutter. And he says, and I love the way he put this, so that's why I wrote it down. He says, we love, we hate... And we get happy and sad. And while it's perfectly normal to have all of these emotions, it's not healthy to have an excess of negative feelings. He has his own story where he felt quite depressed. And so he started buying things to feel better, quickly realized that those things weren't making him feel better. And in his mid-20s, he realized that his depression was actually directly related to some type of anger and hate he carried from his childhood. Uh, And then he began, you know, he, he kind of hopped onto this journey of, starting to throw his feelings out in front of him and figure out like, hey, like what is serving me, what is not? Uh, and then he started forgiving and forgiving his enemies and, and forgiving himself. So from his own experience, he wrote this beautiful article. And as part of this, there are four steps to letting go. Uh, the first step is do an emotional survey. So he oh. says, just like cleaning your closet, uh, look into your mind, Lauren, for example, and ask yourself if there are negative feelings holding you back. And then, you know, it's it, it, and it could be anything. It could be, you know, facing old memories that cause you to live in the past. It could be disappointments you haven't processed or even grief you haven't dealt with. And I think there are a lot of people out there. You know, it's like they work all the time and they don't even make time to grieve. You know, and people like don't want to have to go back and deal with this stuff. It's like the clothes in your closet you don't wear. You don't want to have to go through them. Yes, and then it's affecting you every day. It Even does. if you're physically looking at it every morning and you're not touching it. It's like when you wear like five pieces in your wardrobe, yet you have a zillion in your closet. It's affecting you because it's mess. It's, it's stressful. It's something that you know you're going to have to deal with at some point. You're just putting off and it, it's creating conflict in you daily. Just like you said, Lauren, because you, you, you you're in real estate by day, and I remember you saying in an earlier episode of ours that, hey, I'm always thinking, okay, I got to call this client, I got to call this client, and then you're like, no, just sit down and call them. 
Just do it. Yeah, every time. Because I feel like people spend an hour making a to-do list. I'm like, you could have gone through that stuff had you just done it. Exactly. <laughs> just get it done. Just, just do take it. action. So that's number one. Uh, and I think I'd say that majority of us could do that cleaning. Oh, for sure. Men- a, a mental or a cleaning of the psyche. So you have to sit down and, and see what's actually there first. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, going into your room or going to your class and just seeing everything. Okay. Let's process everything in front of me. So it's very reflective and you would have to journal it out to see yeah, so everything that you're two. thinking about, that you're caring about. Okay. I think two. that's step two. Yeah. Okay. Then it's unpack negative emotions. So he says, just like you think about your physical items uh, before you purge them, think about and write down your feelings. So it's a way of seeing your your feelings out in front of you and and then identify which are cluttering your life. So which are positive, which are negative. And then make a list of your mistakes and the things and people who have upset you, etc. So that's an example of some of the things that you write down. Like some of the things, some of the memories that don't serve you, some of the people uh, who may have upset you. A lot of people, they hold grudges. Think about that. Write it down. And I think that a lot of times we have these emotions and we can't, we don't necessarily understand them. So it's like you're dwelling on something, you're overthinking about something, you care about something, something that could have happened years and years and years ago. And you have to continue to question yourself and question the event until you get to the bottom of it, of what is driving that that mental space inside you. And until you can do that, it's hard to overcome. And that's why people see psychologists or they see therapists because mm. it's that other person sitting across from them that's constantly questioning them. And if you're not going to do that, then you have to be able to sit and question yourself. Yeah, it totally is. I was just thinking that when I was studying, I was thinking, wow, I mean, we're not psychologists, but yeah. there's definitely a gray area there. And it's almost executing it on your own. But I, I, I'm a great, a big believer in psychology and having a psychologist and seeing someone, just, just someone to talk to with a fly on the wall. It's yeah, just no, I believe in it too. Really beneficial. Uh, so anyways, so that's number two. Number three, give yourself space to release your emotions. So just like you'd go to Goodwill, Lauren, if you're donating any physical excess, any items that you didn't need anymore, take your emotions somewhere, he says. Like, go somewhere there is open space. I mean, that could be going out in nature. could be just going to a meditation class and, you know, uh, just somewhere where you can release. And then you have to decide what do you want to do with those feelings. And I know this, he kind of makes it so it's like, oh, yeah, you just do this. You just throw them out. No, it's a process. I mean, it takes time to dissolve these emotions. But getting them out, just pulling them all out of your you is just such an incredible release. Even me just doing this the other day. Yeah, this sounds incredible. Yeah, I know. You're going to be excited, Lauren. You're going to start tomorrow, I know. <laughs> I'm going to start tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to start tonight. Uh, and he says, decide what to do them. Forgive yourself, forgive others, and throw it away. It's interesting because I love how he says forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for you know, maybe what you did wrong or forgive yourself for holding on to these feelings that you shouldn't have um, or holding a grudge, for example. I am, you know, I could talk about holding a grudge for a long time. I feel like you don't hold a grudge. Oh, not at all. Exactly. I tried not to at all. So I've never been that way, but I've been around people in my life who do. People who hold a grudge, they're literally taking time to think about other people who most likely aren't thinking about them. It's always <laughs> this back. If you're holding a grudge, it's only affecting you, the other person. Yes! It's like, what's the thing? 
drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. That's what, like, holding a grudge is. Yes! Because it's there. Nothing's going to happen to them. Exactly. So why are you wasting your energy, right? Why are you wasting... And that's why I've always said, you know, I, I, I... you know, I've really learned, and we're, we're going to go into this, but I've really learned not to take anything personally. Yeah. I luckily learn, learned that early in life because you save so much of your time and energy, and you're actually more respected by others. And I don't think people acknowledge how much energy is put out when you are caring about the stuff that doesn't matter. Like, if you can are able to go through this cleanse and, you know, declutter your mind and your emotions... The amount of energy will you be able to put to other things that are meaningful to you, just like minimalism is all about, it like will do tenfold to your life. So Yeah, and if you are, you know, decluttering your home, your physical space, yeah, that's one thing. But if you have a very cluttered psyche, you're, it's not going to help. Like you need to focus on both. You need to, you need to clear the excess in both areas or, you know, you're still going to be running from something or you know you're still going to feel messy inside so yeah so I'll go into the fourth one he says replace negative emotions so he says get rid of physical items that bring on negative emotions or memories uh, or or replace bad habits that affect your emotions so for example replace smoking and drinking with the gym and writing or find some type of new hobby right it's just like it goes back to you know I'll talk about relationships. You'll have physical items from old relationships and maybe, you know, you don't want to hold on to those things. You want to move forward. You want to move on. So you want to get rid of those things, right? And so that helps replace those negative emotions. And they may not be negative, but they may not be like serving you now, right? So I feel like stuff from past relationships that I like and still use, I was able to get over the emotional side because like they're still useful to my life. Really? Yeah. So you like having them? Like if it was like a piece of jewelry or just like a wine decanter or something mm-hmm. I was given in a past relationship, but I still like them and use them, I wouldn't mm-hmm. just get rid of them because I felt like there was an emotional side to them. Oh, no. So it, yeah. it's a positive emotion. It's then. a positive emotion. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's not always going to be negative and they're not always going to be memories that you need to replace. Yeah, that's but I, true. I would So that's a good point. But at the same time, sometimes those items can make you hold you back. So sometimes you don't want to be holding on to things because sometimes people hold on to those things for the wrong reasons. I think when people have so much mental clutter, they don't realize, like, you should take a step back and be like, okay, if I, I'm not going to focus on this anymore. So, like, may, figure out what you do want to focus on. And ask yourself what you're not focusing on. Like, if you're dwelling on all these things that Mm -hmm. don't add value to your life, like, maybe you should spend more time with your family or maybe you should see your friends more or maybe you should go exercise more or learn a new skill. Like, ask yourself what you're missing out on by dwelling on stuff that doesn't serve you. Right. So by removing our emotional clutter, and I think you'll find this fascinating, it's not only good for your mind, it also helps you get rid of excess physical clutter that you've been holding on to. Think about it, right? Because it will be easier to get rid of those items because you'll know internally that you you don't want that anymore. And if that's a part of a memory that you don't want anymore, it's easier to get rid of things. You know, if you've yeah. dealt with, if you're going to deal with grief, 
it's going to be easier to get rid of those things. Like, there's all these things that it, it relates. It's fascinating. Um, so I just finished the book by Dr. Bert Herring. It's called The Fast Five Diet. It's on intermittent fasting. Love it. And he wrote out, <laughs> so funny because we're talking about this. Um, he wrote out all of, like, people's, like, what? Their Emotional ex- excess? No, their experience with the diet. So, oh, like, okay, okay through fasting and shortening their eating window. And he's like, one of the biggest things that the people did while they were fasting was clean their house. Really? And so, because as they were losing weight, they just started getting rid of all the clutter. We could actually do an episode on, like, getting losing weight or getting your house back and how that makes you purge other things in your life. But I just thought it was so funny that... That's fascinating. Yeah, that all of a sudden people are losing weight and the biggest thing they want to do is clean their house. And that's a great... It literally is a great example of what I just said. It was like, hey, like... This is this is a successful emotion that they've created for themselves. So where does that trickle over it to? It trickles to their, you know, their physical things. And they're like, hey, I want a clean space. It's just like whenever you're feeling your best, you're like, oh, I I don't I wouldn't grab like a very sugary coffee. I'm gonna grab a health smoothie, right? Yeah, or like when you dress up, you work harder. Like it's hard to like do your best work in sweatpants. So. Totally. I mean, some people do. Some but people can. But. I always feel like I need to get dressed up. I just feel ready for the day. But but yeah. But yeah. So like some of the benefits of you know decluttering um, your psyche is honestly, first off, more positive thoughts. Yeah. A calmer state of mind. A forward thinking mindset because you're no longer yes. living in the past, which I love. Uh, you'll worry less. It will become easier to let things go. Uh, you'll become less sensitive, which I know is your goal, Lauren. It is. <laughs> less likely to take things personally, although you don't take things that personally. Uh, better. <laughs> you'll be less reactive, especially in heated situations. And you'll get time back. Um, I just want to touch on, you said you'll be less reactive? Yes. Okay, so Deepak Kopra, I was just listening yes. to a podcast on him. Oprah just interviewed him. And he said... That he does not react. I know. It's a beautiful thing. It's incredible. And I'm learning. It's amazing. Now, if there's something blows up at work, someone yells at me, you get in a disagreement with someone, just don't react. Even kill calm. And, like, the other person is... Fueled. They, they will eventually, <laughs> like, wear them, tire themselves out. Oh, yeah. And then you stood there and you kept your calm and you kept collective. And that's when you can walk away, take a deep breath, reflect on the situation and decide what you're going to do next. Decide what the solution is. Decide what you want to say to them and communicate with them as opposed to just blowing up. And when you mm-hmm. do react, you're reacting on an emotional level, not a logical one. Yep. So one of the biggest things I think of clearing your mind is your ability to think clearly and solve problems and be calm in situations where you need to. Like the worst thing you can do if I'm upset, I, I'm always like, do not go and try to make it worse. Make it worse. Just it's calm. wait till you're calm or wait till you've settled down. And yeah. So I just want to say, yeah. and by doing this, by clearing out your mind and clearing out your emotions, you'll be able to do that faster. So all of a sudden something comes up instead of reacting and needing to walk away, you'll be able to process it within a few minutes, calm yourself down and then come up with a solution. Because a lot of times when you're in situations like that, maybe you can't step out. It might be in a meeting, it might be in a relationship. You can't walk away. So you do have to be able to calm yourself down rather, like quickly. Honestly, this is the most exciting part of the conversation to, for me. Like, uh, This is something I also wanted to 
uh, touch on more because I mean, I would say that from an early age, I, I guess I, I, I love my sister, but I had a sister who would always kind of shut the door and I'd be, I'd be saying, Hey, can we solve the problem? And that's she wouldn't want to do it. Me. Yeah. So that's and no, and then it goes back to our friendship because Lord and I, we've been friends for over four years now and we, we only had our first fight maybe, and it wasn't even a fight. It, it was, was like barely an, a fight. barely an argument, maybe a couple months ago, a few months ago. And it's because we are both people who, who can, you know, we, we won't get mad at each other. But we also, we're both the type that needs to resolve it immediately. Yes. I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, let's, like, I think that you should take a deep breath and like not react while you're emotional. But I also don't think that not talking to that person for a whole weekend, like that's going to affect your life. So we're communicators and we like to yes. resolve the problem immediately. And that's so funny because when I lived with roommates and we would fight, just like your sister, I was the one banging on the door. Can we talk about this? Because I didn't want to go about my day in this like... Headspace. Yeah. It's not... It's like bad energy. Like I want to clear it so I can get on with my life. Like this is a little argument. Let's resolve it. Yeah. Just see our differences. I don't even care to admit I'm wrong whether I think I am or not. And sometimes you you know you'll, you'll never get through to those people. So why, you know, come back with you know, your arguments and, and your high voices yeah. and, you know, just be calm and quiet. I mean, I'm there. I, there's a family member of mine. I'm not going to name who, who, who does get, you know, a little bit angry sometimes. And I now know how to basically respond better. And I've been practicing this for the past probably five years now. Yeah. So I'm just quiet and calm now. So I am that less reactive person because I know the situation will only get worse, so it's just better for me to be quiet. <laughs> Is it your mom? Because <laughs> I feel like I have that with my mom, too. I feel like a lot of people have that with their parents, though. Like, you yeah. get to a point where you have to take a deep breath, and like, yeah. you can't react to them anymore because you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it worse. Because you know them so well, and you're like... You know you're not going to get through to them, and you know what? It's it. They actually, it's actually good to like sit and listen to hear their perspective because they may be right in some ways. Like maybe yeah. they're not, but it's okay. And it's not about who's right and wrong. It's just like, is this worth the energy? And then after those situations or a situation in general, I think a lot of people they say, "Hey, like, oh my God, I'm so stressed about this. Like, this situation happened. Like, what am I going to do?" And then they freak out, and I'm thinking. Whenever a situation like that happens to me, I think about, okay, how can I solve this? And if I can't solve it, if it's something that happened that I have no control over anymore, I'm like, is this going to stress me out in a week? Is this going to stress me out in a month? Is this going to stress me out in six months? If it's not, then don't waste the time stressing about it. I know. And it's hard to do that. Even the other day I called my mom and I was upset and she's like, oh, this isn't going to matter in a month. I'm like, I love Yes, that. but it matters right now, mom. <laughs> Um, someone said once, they're like, even if you are right and the other person is wrong, if you really love them, then you should just apologize and admit that you are wrong because yes. your love for them should matter more than being right. And if the other person, you don't care about them enough to do that, then you shouldn't care enough to be right to them either. So exactly. regardless, you should be able to walk away. But, you know, you and I sit here and it's so easy because... We're not emotional right now, but in that those moments that you are really emotional mm-hmm. and your emotions are on high, it, it is really hard to implement these things. So that's why what you just said 
it is so important to kind of go back and declutter stuff. It's like your place is going to get messy when you're busy. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's not the time to declutter, but the times when you're don't you have a bit of time, that's the time to go in and see what you don't use. Same with emotions. Like when you're happy, that's maybe go back and see why are you happy? What's making you happy? What oh, are you doing yeah. that you're happy? Really capture those moments, like journal them something because that will be a good reminder. Like, hey, I need more of this. Yeah. And we're so reflective when things go poorly. Which I love, by the way. Which I love. Yeah. But we're okay. not when things go well. Like when something goes wrong, we're like, oh, um, what, how did, why did that happen? What, what's the solution? But when something goes right, we're not like, oh, how did that happen? I want to do that more, which I think we should do. I think, yeah, that's a good point. But then it's also, so we both believe in the same idea that when you have those really down days, especially especially those days where you don't sleep or you drank too much or something like that, or you had a tough, tough week at work or whatever, it, it's actually good to have those moments because sometimes in those moments you become extremely reflective. Yeah. And appreciative of the good moments. Yes. And what's important to you. Yes. It really comes out. And it makes you question and assess your life. Like if you're sad, why are you sad? Are you upset about work? Are you upset about your friends? Are you upset about your relationship? Are you upset about your health and your lifestyle? Yes. And then it's like, well, how long have you felt this way? And what changes can you make? And like you said, instead of just blaming yourself, I always try to think, what? how can I learn from this? Like, if, if, say, I did overreact in this situation, well, why did you overreact and how can you make the change next time? Someone said, it was actually Dr. Bert Herring, he said, be both the... Who is the same guy that same wrote, guy the, wrote, wrote the book? Same guy wrote the intermittent okay. fasting. He said, it's called the one-person study. So stop focusing on all these um, different experiments and you have to know yourself and your own study and you should be both the experimenter and the observer. Oh, okay. So if, you know, one of these tactics isn't working for you, then try something else. Like maybe, and like your sister, there are people out there who need to walk away for even sometimes a day or two. Yeah. And that's just how they deal with it. And then we have to deal with the fact that the issue is not going to get resolved immediately. That's true. That's true. Uh, But we hope that those um, individuals, you know, who do, you know, close the door, don't hold the grudge for a long time because it's not serving you. It's not good for you. Yeah. Again, it's your own poison, right? As you said. Uh, But I also want to talk about how through, through, through even my, my own life, like I have a good example. In my childhood, I was told earlier in life, grade one, if you can believe it, that I needed to be put back, put back a year. So that was always in the back of my mind through my childhood. So then as an outgoing kid, I then became shy because I was scared. I was like, hey, like I can't put up my hand. I can't put up my hand in class. Like what if it's the wrong answer? You're so book smart though. Like you've done so well in school. Yeah. So that was for me a motivator to work really hard in my life and develop my skills. And I feel like skills, yeah, we're born with a certain skill set, but then we're, I would say majority of it is if you read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth, it's, it's all about how our skills can be developed. It's all about grit. It's all about putting the effort and energy into learning. And that's what I did. Uh, however, I was shy. I was super shy. I was shy up till grade, I would say, it wasn't until grade nine or 10 that I started becoming out of my shell. One day I said, you know what? I'm tired of this. 
there was, I'll never forget, I was in a class, super smart individual in my class, put up their hand, they were very wrong. They were wrong. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of embarrassing. And then I was like, you know what? I have a voice and I want to speak up. And I started doing really well in one of my English classes and I started asking questions and I started gaining that confidence back. And I was like, hey, like I can have a voice. I can speak up. Like, why am I like I can I can be myself, you know, I should just be myself. So then I started becoming more myself. And I remember I I loved writing presentations, but I hated delivering them uh-huh. because my face would always get red. And the whole class would be like, oh, your face is getting red. Uh-huh. And so every time I would just be so nervous, especially in elementary school. They were always like, your face is getting red. And I thought to myself, like, I Which know, is making it I worse. Know. So then come high, come university, I would start off my speeches, which by the way, I went to like this, like, I guess, regional thing to say my speech. So then I made it further later in life. But before, it, I remember in grade, I think it was grade 10, I said to my English class, just want to let everybody know, uh, I'm, I'm, before I start, I just want to let you know that my face is going to go red. <laughs> Wow, that's a good way to start it. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just broke the ice and told everybody, like, this is this is just something that happens with me. Did it still go right once you told Oh, I'm that? sure it did. I could I could feel the heat of my face while I was delivering my presentation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Well, you would have had makeup by then. I don't know. I don't think I wore makeup till university. But, yeah, it was really funny. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, and that's how I came out of my shell. I was like, you know what? We're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. We're all flawed. Why can't I just go up there and deliver the speech that I'm super passionate about and excited about in a way that is is me, you know? So I it was cool. That. So I addressed my emotions and I pushed past that. But I mean, there are still things like uh, that I'm working on. So there's one thing that's still kind of, uh, I guess, you know, stressful because I, I modeled for years and it was an incredible opportunity to see the world. And however... One thing people don't realize is that a lot of models, like there's this insecurity that we have and we have it because there's this expectation as a model to look your best 24 seven. So imagine that, imagine that weight on your shoulder. It's something that we put on ourselves to always look our best and we always have to look perfect. And perfect is, is, is not realistic. There's no such thing as perfect. So I'd always wear makeup because they showed you how to wear makeup and you got to wear makeup and all these things. And I never wore makeup growing up. And so I started wearing makeup and I started really, and it's like, hey, like, this is a lot of work every day. Like, why am I doing this? I want to, I want to embrace my natural beauty. Like, why am I always covering every day? Like, this is probably, I don't know, early 20s. So then I started wearing less makeup and less makeup and, and still feeling beautiful. And I was like, wow, like, that's important. Like, you really need that. You know, you, you really need to feel beautiful in your own skin and never feel like you need to, you know, put on this. You, you can't just always, you can't feel like you always have to look your best. But that is something that I have continually had to work through because I've also had bad skin in my life. And it's something that is reoccurring and it's hard. It's such a challenge for me to always feel my best. And, and then you realize, you look at your friends and you see your peers and we all deal with it. We all do, we do, but we just don't talk about it enough. But I feel like this pressure every day, you know what I mean? But it's slowly going away and I'm slowly kind of embracing the natural way, but yeah. I feel like with the modeling, because there's such a high emphasis on your looks, like you're there to get your picture taken, 
you don't see your other qualities. So if some, if you don't feel your best one day, all of a sudden everything that you feel your life is, isn't it that day. So if it's, especially if you model full time. Oh, I can't imagine. Which I don't, but I did at one point. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't imagine how hard that is. It was actually challenging from the perspective of uh, becoming newly outgoing and, and loving to engage and chat with people and knowing that uh, connecting was a huge uh, skill and a quality of mine and they the client would literally just take your book look at your pictures open it shut it bye and they would do it in 30 seconds and that's all they want to know so it was all physical but I mean there's some times where I did commercials where they really want to get to know you but again a lot of the industry there is is just you know how you look and you know everybody has what they want every client has a different look that they want so and that's also why I learned early in life not to take things personally because everybody wants something different yeah that's so true so I want to hear any story that you can share about your emotions Um, and how you've worked through them I just thought of one while you were talking (laughs) okay um so I was a chubby kid growing up and I was made fun of in public school and high school as hard as it was at the time, I don't have any regrets because two things it taught me. Number one, it made me a really nice person. Like I, w- I was like, I would never make fun of people because I know what it feels like. And it just gave me that firsthand perspective. And um, it also gave me a backbone. Like it, it showed me to like that I had to be able to get through things and like, yeah, you know, brush things off and move on. Um, yeah, even that must though have been tough. It was really hard. And even though I'm an adult now and I'm a normal, healthy weight, and you know that I do this, I still have this internal thing where I feel like if I'm, like, eating badly, like a burger or burrito, I'm, I'm like, people are judging me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that why you feel that way? I feel like it's still a, a childhood, like, internal thing. And even though no one is looking at me or cares, I'm just, like, I'm still weird about it. So I feel like that is definitely emotional clutter that is left over in my mind. It absolutely is connected. And side note, I'd always chuckle because Lauren, she'll go grab her favorite, I don't know, Burgers Priest, is it? And she'll grab it and she'll hold the bag and she'll hide it. Yeah, because I don't want people to be like, oh, there's Lauren getting a big burger price, even though I say it on a podcast. Most guys love that. Yeah, they do, but not when (laughs) I have, like, internal emotional clutter from when I was a child. But that's interesting how you connect the two. You still connect it, yeah. that's why you want to – me talking about it helped you realize that. That's you – figuring it out and putting it on the table. And so maybe we add to this checklist that Eric suggested, even just talking to a friend. Yeah, and acknowledging it. Like, I'm like, okay, no one cares anymore. Like, this, maybe people were judging you when you were a chubby kid eating a big burrito, and they're like, oh, shouldn't be having that. But now, like, nobody cares. But also... Not that they should have cared then, but... Yeah, and that's something I really want to remind people about. If you are super emotional about what you think other people think of you. And I, and that's something everybody, everyone, everybody needs to work with this. Nobody degree, thinks about anybody. No thinks about you. But to a degree, I, it is helpful to be aware of, of outer judgment. Like I think it's it, true. it does push you to a degree. Like if people who don't care at all are probably like locked up. <laughs> so you <laughs> have true. to care to be a respectful. certain degree. Um, okay. So my other personal story. So funny. Courtney Carver, side note, she always said, you know, I, I wore 33 outfits in three months and nobody noticed nobody because noticed. nobody thinks about you. Because everyone's worried about their own clothes. I was like, yes, 
yes, we need to push that out more. Like, people don't realize. People are like, oh my god, my skin's bad. It's like, people don't think about that. They never think about it. But, anyways. Um, so, my other thing is, I'm super sensitive and I always happen as a kid and I hated it I felt like I always cared more than other people I got upset more easily than other people I internalized things more um and as I got older as an adult and even I read the book on emotional intelligence it's called EQ instead of IQ and I'm that's the book there's a book on it yeah it's called EQ it's by Daniel I have to look up his last name oh okay okay amazing Um, but we'll add it to the show notes we'll add it to the show notes um But EQ is so important and I never realized how I can connect with people so easily and I can pick up on non-verbal cues how how someone's feeling. Okay, I need to read this book. It's it's incredible. And if someone's upset in a room, I immediately can pick up on that. Or if they're uncomfortable or if they're super – if they're just – they're not expressing it. I can pick up on it because I'm so emotional. So that's a good quality then. It's a very good quality. And here's something that I was so – um, upset about being sensitive, but and there are downfalls to it. But the upside is that I I can deeply connect with people and I'm very emotionally aware of what's going on. So emotions aren't always a bad thing. Yeah, it's and just figuring out which ones are, are are positive in your life. Although your emotions, there's a side of that that you do want to. I want to get better because the the downside is you do get upset over things more easily or you you care more like there's times when I'm like oh I'm still really upset about this and people are like why it doesn't matter (laughs) I'm like but it matters to me (laughs) or you play things up in your head and their biggest situation that it actually is and that's why communication is so key sometimes you just need to you know talk to a fly on the wall or talk to that person where there's a situation right and just talk to them and say hey like is everything okay and another thing I want to bring up in this episode is that I think sometimes with emotions, it's so easy to see things negatively. And if you're able to turn around and see things in a different light, like if you say a relationship ends and yeah. you're so upset, you're so negative, I love that person, I want to be with them. If you see it in a different light, oh, well, maybe they weren't the right one for me. And it's a good thing that we're ending it now before it went any further. And it gives me the opportunity to meet someone I am going to be more compatible with. So when you're able to change things over and see them from a different light, because sometimes emotions can be negative, but you can also make it a positive thing. So you just made me remember a really uh, interesting story relatable to what you just said. My grandpa, he turns 90 tomorrow. Wow. (laughs) He is an incredible human being. He's just, he's literally traveled the world. He's been married four times. Uh, And, uh, but he's just, he's he's such a book. Anyways, he Uh says, said the other day, it just made me laugh so hard. I'm going to share this with our audience. He goes, oh yeah, you know, he talked about this woman. He dated, you know, he dated from Australia I believe they were engaged, and uh, he says they're dating, and then she just, she went on vacation, and she came back, she came back, she, and Grandpa was there, and he goes, she goes, I have to tell you something, and he could tell, he could sense something was up, he goes, you know, I met another man, <laughs> and my Grandpa says, he says his heart fell, but he said, okay, okay, like, let's talk about this, obviously, our, I know this is a crazy way he's right, obviously, you know, this is not going to work out. 
we can't be together anymore. And then she goes, because he had he worked for Air Canada and he got free flights. She goes, Oh, um, and he lives in Australia. Um, can I I'm gonna I'm gonna move back there. I'm not joking, she said this. And my oh. grandpa's like, and you know, they, they, they you know, it's not like my grandpa took care of her. Like she had a good job, he had a good job, like they were, you know, they had their own independent lives. She knew that quickly from just meeting him on a trip? I guess. <laughs> and grandpa's like you can take that flight back, but just know that your flights will end. <laughs> and he just kidding. ended it, like, just so calmly. He says it was a big heartbreak after the fact. But in that moment, he didn't react and get angry. He says, that's your choice. Really upsets me. And it's okay to have emotions and cry and, yeah. and do those things. And and he, he, he probably did cry. Mm-hmm. But he was so, he remembers leaving that situation feeling so happy that he took the high road yeah he took the high road he's like you know what then i'm gonna have to find someone who's better for me you know i I know it sounds easy but just i was like wow grandpa that's amazing you just let that is amazing and you feel so good after you're able to do that yes it doesn't mean that you're not you're gonna be able to do it all the time or that he wasn't upset at all but to like hold your your ground in that situation yeah and rather than being reactive just saying, okay, taking it all in, listening. Because what is fighting and arguing and, you know, blowing up going to do when you know that person's already made their decision? So I thought that was a really good example. No, so, that's a perfect example. So, I really like that. Yeah. So it just made me realize. Was this so. before your grandma or? Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like, but, no, uh, but yeah but no i gotta remember to call him tomorrow so it's 90 that's pretty cool uh but yeah i know and maybe that's a way of living long to control your emotions i don't know yeah, maybe that's a secret <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so so just to conclude even dan dan erickson back in the article he, he wrote that we are emotional creatures and that's okay and we have to accept that yeah and yeah. it's a good thing emotions are beautiful like that's what makes us human. Yes, like who wants to be emotionless? Like, no, I couldn't imagine. That is not fun. Like I feel like the biggest part of life is connecting with people, and that's all emotions. That's all energy and emotions. Um, so he says it's okay. We just need to learn how to manage our feelings so that we can be aware of those that we need to remove, and you know, to remove the negative emotions and feel happier and healthier. So, really, really, that's what it does. And I know it's easy to say, but. Once you start doing this and practicing this, you'll realize, wow, like I did have clutter. And you know, you and you even Raph, he said, uh, Raphael Wong, we interviewed him in the podcast before this, and he says, you know, he addresses his emotions, what worked, what didn't work, every single week. And maybe we should do a check-in. Maybe we should always do a check-in. And I mean, it's helped with having the bullet journal too, because you see your life in front of you and you're like, hey, like, Okay, so where's the me time? Where's the self-love? Like, this is all a part of that. So, yeah. And, I mean, again, it's just, like, it's just another way in our minimalist journey to bring greater simplicity to every day. So, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that I need to care more about less. Yes! Because yes. I, I do, when you free up that energy, you have time to care about the things that matter in life. Yes. And you're, it's going to be less. It's going to be fewer people. It's going to be fewer issues. It's going to be things that you care about and not all of this other stuff that you're dwelling on that has little value to your life. Yeah. So you said that you're going to start this after we end the podcast. 
Oh, I am going to start this. You yeah. are, I yeah. want to work on this tonight, yeah. Yeah, so what I'll do is, I mean, what we'll do is we'll add to the show notes uh, the books How that we referenced yeah. and uh, some of the steps that we also referenced because I think that would be really valuable for people if they want to, for our listeners, if they really want to take this on. And I'm only partway through this. And again, this is a lifelong journey, right? Oh, yeah. This is not... I'm like, no, I'm going to do this tonight and be done. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be... Emotionally clutter free. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's a start. That's what I love. People are like, oh my God, it sounds so hard. I told a colleague of mine, she's like, it sounds so hard. And I was like, yeah, like... It is, but just by starting is a good thing. Acknowledging just, it, yeah. Yeah, and just by eliminating one negative emotion that you owe, that's maybe reoccurring, it's maybe been reoccurring for years, like, just getting rid of that could be helpful, right? You're not going to perfect, like, again, perfection is is not even real. Like, it's just, there's no, there's no perfection. It doesn't exist. Right? And I do love that, so... But yeah, so to close, uh, I should also wanted to mention that I really appreciate all of our followers and all yeah. of the DMs that we're getting on Instagram. We really, really like it if you can rate and review us on iTunes. Really appreciate it. It really helps us uh, get recognized and uh, helps us bring on um, more people to interview on the show. So Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. It's so nice to hear every week how we're helping you and how you're implementing some of these ideas. And we also thought we would do a one-on-one episode because we've been interviewing quite a few people lately. Uh, And we'll be interviewing a very, very exciting guest next week uh, and the following. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and both of them are very related to emotional minimalism. So, get ready. Next week, we're talking about how to always be happy. It's this little secret that you can do. And um, she did it for a year. I don't want to ruin the surprise. I like that. I like that. A little sneak peek. It's a little sneak peek. All right. Thanks, guys. And we will talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And you can find us on social media at Millennial Minimalist.